All right, well, we're here, dude. Hey, man. Hell yeah, dude. Are my levels good? Do you have good levels? You've got great levels. I usually don't. I usually have low levels. My levels are, oh, Jesus. My, yeah, my levels are always low as well. Does it sound good? It does sound great. Does it sound sexier from here? Uh, I don't know about sexy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> What's up, dude? Doing good, man. How you doing? I'm fucking doing great, dude. Fuck yeah, dude. We're going to fire festival this year. Two. Two. Numero dos. Numero dos, dude. <laughs> is it at the same place? Can you imagine if it is though? Same people, same, same lineup, same everything. It's like, hey, you guys heard about how cool that was, huh? Hey, let's try this again. Let's try. Let's do that again. It's still ran by the same guy. Same. It is the same guy. Like he's no, in jail. Dude. He's in jail, running it from jail. Are you serious? I don't know. I didn't. Oh, okay. Well, that'd be okay. crazy. That would be hilarious. Did you see yeah. the documentary of that? Yeah, that's that's kind of why mm. I'm like like people like why wh- who's gonna buy a ticket to that? There's got to be people out there that's going to. Yeah, they're like, oh, that was horrible. God, I wish I was there. You know, <laughs> we're going again. We're going again. We're going again this year. <laughs> On Epstein Island this year, oh, dude. It's gonna God. be great. They're doing Fire Festival too. So if you guys are watching this, get your tickets. You can get a link right here, right, right below. Let me check if I'm recording because I always do this. Can you imagine if it was a good one? Okay. It was good that we weren't recording that. Yeah, we were recording. All right. Cool. Oh shit. So, dude, I'm I'm so excited for this, man. We're finally here. Finally. It took us fucking forever, dude. And it's my fault. No, not even. It not is. even. It's no, just it's life. Me. It's life, dude. No, it's me. I'm like that with with scheduling things. Like I, uh, you know, with with being like being an attorney, it's like you have so much things come up so quickly. Mm-hmm. It's like I can't. It's hard for me to say definitively yes to something that's right. like uh, even a little bit in the future, like like a little like a few days ahead because it's like oh things might change. Mm-hmm. So no, it's definitely because of me. It's it's hard for me to like schedule things around the career. I see. Yeah. So you're what kind of lawyer are you? Entertainment. I do entertainment. Oh, no way, dude. Yeah, Yeah, I never talk about that, huh? No, not at all. I didn't know you were that kind. Because you're you're always, from my point of view, you're always talking to people about like their divorces. (laughs) Yeah. Well, my wife was a divorce attorney. So that was kind of an interesting interesting dynamic at home. You know, not in a negative way, but it was like, she's a lawyer and I'm a lawyer. And uh, so anytime someone goes, oh, I'm I'm getting divorced. I'm like, oh, I know a guy. (laughs) But it's a gal. It's It's my wife, you know? So it's like, it's that, but, um, but yeah, being an entertainment lawyer, it's cool. It's, it's not as glamorous as people would think. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a lot of like, you look over contracts. That's what, okay. It's a lot of like, all right, is this the right word? Is this the right, uh, deal I that see. you thought it was? So it's, it's really not, it's not something that would be like comedy, comedy funny. Right. Um, I did sue, you know, I was a part of the lawyers that sued Ricky Martin that no was way, kind of, that was dude. Really cool. that, you should talk about that. I know, but it's not funny. You know, it's like it's like, oh, we sued Ricky Martin, you know, and then and then, and then the client changed lawyers, and then we were just not part oh. of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's like it's not fun. I'd rather much come talk about what I talked about last time: ghosts and vampires. I do a lot of bits about ghosts and vampires. Why ghosts and vampires? Are you a believer? No, opposite. I, you know, when I was a kid. I was uh, I was really like I had a, like a big imagination and and I mm. used to think of a world filled with mysteries and you know all these crazy things and then you grow up and you go oh all of it none of that's true yeah and that and that bums me out 
I can see that though. Like you're, you still have like because every time you're on the mic, dude, it's it's so fun to watch you at these even at these open mics oh, because you're man. so playful. Oh, bro, thanks, man. like you just go off and like tell these crazy stories and do the, all the callbacks and shit. Like to me, that's just hilarious. That's oh, thanks, man. My kind of, that humor is like right up my alley, dude. The I love the, it. the, uh, the uh, silly silly stuff. Yeah, it's just playful, dude. Same. You know, like it, and that's you can tell like. that you're just having fun up there. And oh, just thanks, man. Yeah, I mean that's crazy stories. I mean, that's, I, ironically, those are the stand-ups that I like. The, the stand-ups that are sillier. They have a point, but they make the point a very silly, irreverent kind of way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Like comics like, obviously, Carlin. And um, I'm trying to think of who else. Even Louis C.K., to, to a degree, he, he makes a point sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, but he does it in a very silly, irreverent kind of way, and I love that. I love that uh, you don't have to be, uh, you know... You know, you've been at the mics, man. When it's like, oh, so you know, something, something happens in the in the in the zeitgeist, and everyone's like, oh, we're gonna talk about this for two yeah, months. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh yeah, the damn hurricane. Yeah, oh that hurricane. It's gonna be that this week. I feel like it's gonna be that hurricane wasn't as bad as everyone thought. Jokes. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And then next week it's gonna be something different. Yeah. Whatever. The COVID. COVID's coming back. COVID's making a comeback. Yeah, dude. Masks. Like Did Festival. you hear about that? Yeah. <laughs> Fire Festival too. <laughs> Did you COVID say masks? <laughs> the masks? Masks are coming back. What? Uh, at a college in Atlanta yeah. and um, Lionsgate out here, the employees, they all got to wear masks. That's so weird. Yeah, man. I mean, at this point, just fucking, I want it. Yeah, dude, I didn't get it. I never got you it. You never got I it? I never got it, no. Oh, my God. I hate to say this because someone's done, like, Louis C.K.'s done a bit about this, but, like, I caught it, like, three, four times. I feel. And they didn't have testing. Do you remember, like, early days in the in the pandemic, like they wouldn't test anybody because they you didn't had, have a test. That's true. Yeah, or you had to pay for it. You have. To, it was a like, crazy expensive yeah. to get lab work done. And so I felt like I called like UCLA Medical Center. I'm like, I think I have it. They're like, Do you have a fever? I'm like, Yeah. They're like, Or do you have a hard time breathing? I'm like, Yeah. They're like, Can you uh, taste anything? Can, can you, you smell? Taste? Yeah, yeah. Can you taste and smell? I'm like, No. <laughs> they're like, They're like, How old are you? I'm like, 38. They're like, Ah, you'll be fine. They said that. They're like, just drink water. They're like, drink water and get rest. And I'm like... I mean, ah, that, was, that was a I weird time, like, dude. I feel like that was passing the buck. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're going to die, but ugh, be drink water while you do it. Here's some free tickets to Fire Festival, too. <laughs> Here's some free tickets to Fire Festival, too. COVID comeback. That's what's going to ruin us. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my god, dude! That's I didn't know always... COVID was making a comeback. Yeah, it's making a comeback now. It's, it's a comeback, comeback kid. It is, dude. It's, it'll just be here forever, you know. Like, uh, like Kid Rock. Yeah, he never goes away; just changes form. <laughs> I wonder what a COVID's Bud Light is going to be. Oh, god. Fire Festival. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> COVID was canceled today because apparently it supports Bud Light at the Fire Festival. You know that was Corona. That was Corona the beer. <laughs> what? Sorry, guys. This is if you've ever been to an open mic, you would know exactly what's happening right now. But if you've never been to a mic, this must be really confusing, irritating, also. It's so much fun, though. It is so much fun. Um, did you do you were a lawyer before you started comedy, or did you just start comedy before you became a lawyer? So it's an interesting, it is an interesting question because it was uh, my second year in law school, okay, and it was the summer. And during the summers, like I was working as a research assistant, so I wasn't mm-hmm. doing much anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I told myself I wanted to do a stand-up comedy class, like forever. 
Um, and then I, and that's how it kind of started. It was this one, uh, Greg Dean's comedy class. Okay. And it was, it was a great experience. Like I loved it. You know, some people say don't take a stand-up class. Um, I loved it because it, it taught me jokes, joke structure, and mm. all that stuff. And right. so I started bef- technically before being a lawyer. I started during law school, so I wasn't a lawyer yet. You got it. And it was like, you know, when you've ever heard like someone talk about heroin, yeah, and how they, <laughs> how good it is at, at first the heroin yeah, yeah, hit or yeah. whatever. I've never done it, but like stand up felt when they explain heroin, I'm like, oh, that sounds like stand up. <laughs> Like oh you go it's such a, like a rush of of endorphins I'm like yeah yeah yeah, yeah I know that and you become addicted right away right away I was like addicted yeah. like immediately yeah hell and yeah. I loved it and it wasn't like I here's the funny thing it was I was never good and I still don't think I am oh, I think but you're I was crazy. never like in the beginning dude it, it was like it was like I would do four or five mics per day mm-hmm. and I would bomb four or five mics a day yeah. like it was bad like it was um, for how long how long was this for like three four months straight yeah yeah. And it wasn't until um, I started feeling comfortable, and then I started listening back to my my uh, mm, recordings, recordings, and I'm like, oh, it's not that people aren't understanding what I'm saying because I don't even understand what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, and then I'm like, oh, if I slow this down, right? And I slowed it down, and when I slowed it down, it was like I started. Then I started my jokes started picking up momentum, but I never felt like I, even to this day, I don't feel like I have a grasp. But it is a very addicting thing. Um, and I love doing it. I love writing. Um, I think what I'm trying to incorporate right now, being a few years in, that was 2019. Okay. When and you so, okay. yeah, it was right before the pandemic. And then now um, I'm trying to focus more on the writing. Like, right. like uh, I joined this like write five jokes by 5 p.m. group. And the, oh, shit. That's the, cool. The goal is it doesn't have to be good jokes, but it has to be five jokes. It doesn't have to be long. It can be short, but you have to do five per Every day. day. Every day. And it really gets your brain thinking about joke structure. Right. Right. And I mean, some of them I, I brought to the mic that we were at the, yesterday and they did, they did remarkably well for having written it just a few hours prior. Um, but that's kind of what my focus is more like more on the writing and focus on uh, bigger bits, more, more act outs and just focusing on those elements. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely started before being an attorney and it's weird. It's weird yeah. doing both. Right, because like I, I imagine while you were in law school, you were doing like mock trials and stuff like that, right? I did like, in those one, classes. Yeah, exactly. Started, so. I I didn't do mock trial. They have a different version of that called. Okay. Uh, I forget what it was called, uh, but it was a mock trial. It was it was something else, and it it's supposed to be like uh, not a trial but a hearing. Right. Okay. It's, right, a, yeah. it's a different thing. Okay. I, I don't know why I can't remember the name right now, but it was a, it was a different thing, and I did one, and I was like, Does that help you? Like, does, did it translate into comedy? It. It didn't translate to comedy, but comedy translates to being an attorney. Shit. Because it's like I'd say when you're talking with a client, one of the biggest things is, is to listen and, and hear them and to be confident in what you're talking about. Right. And so being a stand up, I feel like, oh, like I can I can talk at length about ideas and you know, mm. if, if we're thinking strategy, I can you know, this is dumb, but you can structure the way you're talking to someone so that they're following a lot clearer. Mm. They get what's going on. I feel like a lot of people don't have that background or that skill set yeah. to like communicate properly. Right. Like build so, a story. Or exactly. Like ground up and show and them. Exactly. And even when you're in front of a judge, you're, you know, it's the right. judge. There's exactly. the, uh, to the, you know, 
on the either side, there's someone taking notes. There's uh, the clerk. There's the bailiff. There's all the people waiting to see the judge. Sometimes you'll have jury members and opposing counsel. So it's it's kind of like everyone's list. It's you're, you're public speaking every time you're at at a court. So it's it's one of the best things I think. Uh, it's it's helped my legal career more than my legal career has helped stand up. That's so wild, dude. Yeah. That's so crazy to hear. So you go to court then, like you go to actual court and stuff like that, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. exactly. Like you go to hearings, right? You go to, uh, you know, where there's a motion. Mm -hmm. uh, you talk with the judge. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, that's so cool, dude. That's really cool. How did um, <laughs> that'd be fucking hilarious if you did those callbacks in, in, in the courtroom? <laughs> it's like your honor, ghosts, mm? vampires. Fry too? No, Tom. No. <laughs> he get the judge gets so confused, or he's just like, I have to side with you, <laughs> Mr. Gorchin. Will you please stop this nonsensory? It's like, all right, you know, I thought I had a tight three, but right. you're <laughs> not. You're, <laughs> here I see you're not vibing with that. How about this? I'll leave you with this. You, <laughs> you just do like open mic cliches in court. Oh, tough crowd. Ooh, is everyone just mad today? Ooh. You got to be smart to understand this joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like a, it's always this crowd at fourth wall. Oh. <laughs> it's always the district of Los Angeles that doesn't get these jokes. Yeah, oh. You know, it's just because your joke's bombed, you know? You guys are over there on your phones, <laughs> not even paying attention. <laughs> this guy's over here holding a hammer. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's funny, dude. That's funny. So f five years, dude. What is? What do you want to do with this, dude? Because I think I, you're great, bro. I think oh, you're thanks, great. man. I, yeah. No, no, thanks, man. I mean, for me, I think the the ride that I like is writing, performing the jokes that I wrote, um, going through that process of like finding, trying to find gold. And I think once I have material that I'm comfortable with and happy with, and it's strong enough, mm -hmm. I think I, th at that point I'll be like, okay. Where should I take this now? Right now, it's going to be, to the foreseeable future, is write a lot, write daily, write about topics that I might not understand what, like a lot about, but like try to like delve into um, more into different topics, more about myself. Right. And um, sorry, this is a long way to say, I'm just going to open mic for a while. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, but I like that. Like, you know, there's, there's something to that right now where it's it's okay. It's like here I get to fail as much as I want. Yeah. And there's no eyes on you. And yeah. you get to push the boundaries and talk about things you normally wouldn't have talked about. And like perform and try per, like to, to take risks on stage. Because no one's really watching. You right, know, I mean, right, us yeah. as open micers, we're taking note and we're mm -hmm. like, oh, I see growth. Right. But it's like sure. at the end of the day, you know, move forward 10 years. A lot of people you see now, mm -hmm. you're not going to see in the little five years. The scene had changed so much that I go to a mic and I don't know, like if I went to just a random mic in L.A., there'd be most of the people I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, and so especially now, I feel like everyone is starting comedy, dude. Oh, absolutely. It's crazy. It's it, but it always felt that way. It always felt like there was a new wave of comics because oh, wow. what you were seeing was a lot of people drop out like within a year, two years, three years, because it's like, well, I don't like the grind. Mm. I don't like this part of having to write daily and go to a mic and feel shitty when it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. It's painful. It's a it very too. painful thing. It really is. Right. But then what'll happen is for me, what I, I don't look at it that way. I look at it as like, we're panning for gold and most times more scoops, it's gonna yield isn't gonna yield gold, 
But after a while, you'll find like one nugget or two nugget or three nuggets of gold, and then you collect them, and you keep that process over time. And by the time you know it, you will have like a lot of gold that'll be extremely valuable. Hmm. But it's that time that people don't want to spend. Yeah, I'm very okay with failure. I'm very okay with things like there's no plan in terms of well let me reword it i'm not outcome dependent i think that's a really the best way i could put it like if i am uh like a touring comic versus i'm just a local comic versus i just end up being an open micer that's really good i'm okay with any of those outcomes because i'm putting in the most amount of work that i can put Mm. right so it's like i can't control where my career goes ultimately, but I can lay the foundations now and I can focus on that now. You know, it's like, um, you know, when people start to date, they're like, oh, dating is so tough, you know, with open micers especially. They go, dating is so tough and they all want to talk about it because to them, it's a new thing. Maybe it's a new element or maybe it's like, um, this is the now thing, but 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 it's still painful because of the same reasons as open micing is painful. Mm -hmm. I think the reason why a lot of comics quit stand up and why people inevitably settle in their dating lives is because they can't deal with that rejection that you have to go through and wade through and really just be vulnerable Mm -hmm. and have you be rejected you be rejected not a persona be rejected right because that's easy like when a persona is rejected you go okay so that they didn't vibe with that character right but when it's you it can be painful yeah so i think i think that's really what separates people that make it in, in, in dating and six, have find success in their lives versus people that tend to settle and maybe aren't as happy. Not that that's the wrong thing, but they just tend not to be happier because they feel like they settled. And I think it's mm. that that fear of failure really keeps people from like the pursuit, right? Mm. And, and um, yeah, that's that's treated me really well mm. over... I mean, that's that's how I became an attorney was like I was just like, hey, if this doesn't work, I'm okay. But I'm going to put the legwork in. I'm going to set the foundation to give. And I guess the way I could put this, and it sounds silly, but I'm going to put every effort I can now to set up future Armand for success. Like set him up for success. And if he does it or doesn't do it, that's fine. But I'm going to do what I can today for tomorrow's set him up for for success. And I feel like when you shortcut that person, like when you shortcut future you, is really when things start to fall apart, right? Like... If I didn't study as hard for the LSAT, right? If I didn't study as hard in, you know, when I was in my undergrad, mm-hmm. and if I if I didn't study as hard to get into a good undergrad, you know, all those all those little tiny building blocks really set me today up to have the ability to go mic daily and to have a wife and to have a career and to do stand up mm-hmm. and afford that because it came from then, and I think that's what people. My, I mean, my guesses might have a hard time with is they don't they want to see that instant gratification. Right? Has that been your experience with this kind of stuff? Like, is it kind of does that resonate at all? One hundred percent. Well, in terms of like the the failure part, yeah, like the the outcome. I th- this is the first time I'm approaching something where I'm not really f- focused on the outcome, dude. Yeah. Right. Like every everything I did before this, I was like always like, okay, this is what I want, and this is how I'm going to get myself to that. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's always failed. Right, that's kind of like where the name came from—the successful failure. Because everything I've tried to go after in life, I've always fucking failed at it. What was the most painful sense. one, if you don't mind me asking? Um, I'll tell you mine, but I, I want to. I just... think it's—I don't know if it's 
like right now with just film. You know what I mean? Like I was so fucking into it, dude. Like I don't really talk about it at these open mics, but I was like fucking into it, bro. Like I, all my energy, all my focus went into it. Spent so much money doing it, thousands and thousands of dollars, tens of thousands. You know what I mean? And yeah. just fucking nothing came up, came as of right now. Yeah. And for the past, I don't know, maybe six months is where I just kind of pushed it aside. You know what I mean? And it felt like it was one of those things where I feel like maybe I'm quitting too early again, which is why I'm saying like I don't want to do it ever but i'm more so putting it aside and trying to develop this mm. aspect of entertainment the, the comedy side right because it's so much harder than drama like you hear it you know what i mean people tell you all these experienced people tell you like comedy is harder than drama and you don't really notice it up until for me it was just getting on stage and oh i was my like God, holy yeah. shit dude be funny say Insane. say words that elicit laugh yeah and in a certain order yeah right like yeah. logically you got to get it and it's that was insane to me and I say it in all, all the podcasts, but just like my screenwriting did not translate well to joke writing because wow. it was just so long winded. My screen, like from screenwriting to I can see that. Yeah. And, I, and I think <clears throat> I'm, I'm seeing for me, it's like I want to I want to screenwrite like I want to write scripts because there's all these ideas I have that wouldn't work mm-hmm. in a joke, wouldn't work in a set, wouldn't work even in an hour set. Mm-hmm. But they're they're really f- not necessarily funny, but. You know, it's like, you know, I think hor- like people say like horror and comedy are really closely linked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One elicits a scare when one elicits laughter. Right. And with drama, I would argue is similar too because it's eliciting feelings. Like it's, mm, it's yeah. like, oh, that was that was painful, and mm-hmm. you're supposed to elicit that feeling. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do think there's something about that. With it's like it's it's a different side of the same coin with some of these things mm-hmm. in terms of like comedy vis-a-vis. Um, you know, drama or uh, horror or something like that. I feel like it's the same. It's, just, it's a different side of the same coin, right? Because we're yeah. trying to elicit something. Mm-hmm. The beats, of but it. the beats the be- exactly, yeah. right? Like we want, we want there to be a twist. We want there right. to be a surprise. The cadence of emotion that absolutely yeah. right. Like, and you want to build, and there's yeah. like tension, and so I completely agree, man. But I'll say this: it's like it's not over till it's over, right? Right? It's not. It's never over till it's over. Like uh, a lot of things about me, like I. Tried. I did music for 15 years, and it was never got anywhere. Like yeah. ever. Like I was a DJ. I threw really fun parties up in San Francisco. Uh-huh. They were like they were popping. We had like some of the biggest DJs in Europe come through and Damn. play. It was like it was like a really fun experience. But it was it was kind of like the way I describe my life is I'm always seem to be at the wrong place at the wrong mm, time, dude. Right. Or, you know, so I'm like doing music and DJing at a time where technology is taking over and everybody now can write a dance song on their computers. Nobody wants to be the and we're we've transitioned to the and tell me if you vibe with this. We're transitioned, at least at that time, from people who wanted to be like to attend Mm -hmm. these parties Mm -hmm. and just be attendees and consumers Mm -hmm. to be creators. Mm, right? right, so there's yeah. a switch that yeah, happened yeah, where there was true. more people writing music than were actually going to music parties. Very true, and you and I saw that in all different realms, man. Um, some other things that I was really passionate about that I tried to make work were so it was the music, you know, music production, um, and then I wanted to do uh, like I played poker professionally for a number of years. Oh shit, dude. Yeah, for like five years, six years. You ever go to the World Series of Poker? I, I'm, now that I can afford it, I will. Yeah. Like I'm definitely <laughs> yeah, gonna go just yeah. for fun. 
You know, just to just to say that I did it in yeah. my life. My best friend's dad's a professional poker player. Oh, that's fucking yeah, sick, yeah, dude. dude. No, I played for many, many years. It's man. fun game. It's a great game, and it, it really teaches you about life. Oh, honestly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Teaches you about people. Like, yeah, just exactly. People. Yeah. And but but again, it was one of those things where it was dying down as I was getting into it. So mm. it's even in stand up, I would argue this past year or two, there's been a dip in stand up popularity compared to like 2017, 2018, where I feel like there was like a peak of people really into it. And now everyone's like, oh my God, another, everyone's putting a special out every fucking year. True. Like, okay, like that's, people are just not vibing with that. Yeah. It seems to me, I, mean, I don't mm-hmm. know what the case is, but. So what I'll say is like, yeah, man, there's always that piece of it too. Is like, are you at the right place at the right time? And for me, that's kind of the lessons I learned with music. I bring to stand up, which is like, don't have, I mean, it's fun to think about outcomes, but mm-hmm. don't be dependent on it. Right. A hundred percent. dude. You know, like that's the main thing It's like, if you want to write a script, write a script. Yeah, Fuck yeah. exactly. But yeah. don't write a script in the hopes of it being the blockbuster movie. Exactly. Dude, ever since like um, I've done stand up, my writing has just been more free. Like nice. I'm still writing stories and stuff like scripts and shit like that, but like it's a lot more free now that I'm doing it. You know what I mean? Where why before, do you th- and why, why why do you think that is? For I you? don't know. I think it's. I honestly think I had like a when I uh, when I first started stand up was like three months ago and it was my birthday right before my thirty first fourth or thirty fourth, and I just had like this epiphany where it was just like the world is changing, dude. Yeah. Like we're, we're t- like digitally we're going into the digital world. Yeah. Right where it's now. It's crazy too, because I what, how it, how it happened was I went to a T-Mobile store, and uh, the employees were just on their phones the whole time, and I just needed to get my phone activated because I was switching from AT and T to T-Mobile. Yeah. And the employee called into the call center to finish what he had to do with my phone, and I'm like, well, what is this fucking store even doing here? Right. And I I think we're moving get your towards shit that. together. Yeah. T-Mobile. T-Mobile. Get T-Mobile, your shit together, dude. T-Mobile. <laughs> but I like that was where I. I looked at it and I was like, this is where we're just going to go. Like digital world, right? Yeah. Like all these creators and stuff like that. I, I was telling my girl in June, I was just like, I think how even product is going to be sold is through creators. Like you'll hundred percent. It already is. It, dude, and fucking, what is it? Two weeks ago, Drake on yeah. his website. Did you see that? No. So you go on his website and you can, it's basically a virtual tour of his house and, but there are items laying around his and house, like a like blanket, click. click it and buy it. Dude. Dude. How cool is that? That's crazy, except I hate Drake. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you a story. And I always get draked. And I and my wife goes, do you like that song? And I'm like, yeah. Who is it? She's like, it's Drake. I'm like, no, it's Drake. I got draked again. No, but that's but that's what you just mentioned is kind of like, I've seen that done with shoes. Right. I've seen that done with... Um, but now they're everyone's making like these YouTube videos that look like tutorial YouTube videos. They're all tutorials. But they're like, oh, by the way... Buy this. You can use these links to get everything yeah, we use. Use these courses too. Right? Yeah. Like, dude, I think that side of the internet, that that digital world, is like the new multi-level marketing. Oh yeah. Because like I was into it for like a week, and I was like, I've seen this before. Yeah. <laughs> fool me once, shame on you. You know, fool yeah. me twice, three times, tenth time. I, I think I'm an idiot at yeah. that point. You know, <laughs> maybe take yeah. my money. And just my wife shouldn't give me a wallet. Yeah, but the, dude, it's 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 happening right now, just like on the digital world with these multi-level marketing. Well, then the question people. becomes, and, and here's to, to kind of to your point, the question becomes like, okay, so I'm doing stand-up, mm-hmm. so I'm writing. Right. Where is my where's where's and again, it's difficult when you're not trying to be outcome dependent. You're, it's it's right. It, right it's right. it's it's something that you want to free yourself from today. Mm-hmm. 
the the burdens of what have to be tomorrow, right? Right. And to open up, loosen up. But where is your place? Where is our place in the next five, ten years? You know, is it is it going to be on social media? Is it going to be exclusively on social media? Like, I don't know, man. Like, I really don't know because with music, I never would have guessed that the DJ was so replaceable, mm. you know? Like, I would never would have guessed mm. when you're buying, you know, I was buying, like, uh, 12, like, records, like, the the, the physical vinyls, record yeah. vinyls. Yeah. And the, the beauty there was there's a built-in monopoly. And what I mean by that is if you can find that songs or the songs that I have, now I have value because you when you book oh, me, I, see. I have a set that you wouldn't hear otherwise. I see. Right? So there's a built-in monopolization there. But the moment MP3s came out, where it's like, oh, I can just download that song. Right. I have that. I have the same songs as, as they do. And then it's like, oh well, that was like ninety percent of my power. You know, That's that was ninety. Interesting, that was ninety percent of. See it like that. That's wild. It's a crazy thing, right? But then you go to look at like movies. Right. Well, the movie was like, well, the cool thing is that you wouldn't be able to see this anywhere else. What mm. are you like? If you had a like, think about it. Think about nineteen eighty. Right, you had a TV and you had a movie theater. Right, right, and you had radio. Mm-hmm. Right, and maybe there's more like me- forms of media, but I mean, just take a look at those for for just a second. It's like, oh, you want to watch a movie, TV, or the theater screen. Yeah, maybe there's like dramedy still on the radio in the eighties. Right, right, yeah. But you fast forward to today, I can I can make a movie with with an iPhone. Right. And I could put it out, and there's there's a way to market it for half people to have people yeah, watch it. Yeah. So you're you've ripped away the monopoly power of big meat, like big uh, sorry entertainment companies, right? It's shifted, and so you got to be cognizant of that. Like it's like okay, now if I want to write a script, it's like do I even need a script for a movie? Can I do a short? Can I do an animated short? Can I do something? Can I do a skit? Can I can right. I condense this idea to maybe just uh, a few skits on you know TikTok or something like right. that? Right. Now I don't know where the point of this was because I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> you know, I say things and I go on these rants and it's like, oh, let the old man talk for a while. And he's like, ah, oh, in the eighties, <laughs> fire festival, the fire festival three came along and it really screwed things up. You know. So I don't know what the point of this is. You know, but. But I feel like I'm very uh, convinced of something, and I don't know what that something is. Um, <clears throat> I had you because obviously with social media now, it's it. I've had conversations with other comedians where they do not rely on social media, but it, they do use it as a tool. Yes. Right, and to get booked, to get followers, because obviously, like I'm doing to the game, but it makes sense that bookers will look at your followers to see if they can, you know, to well, promote their. That is an interest. That that is an interesting observation and so i did this panel a few days ago at the haha ha comedy club mm-hmm. in north hollywood mm-hmm. and they had um the one of the bookers from america's got talent and they had one of the bookers from just uh netflix is a joke and uh jfl oh, wow. in montreal so that they were on the panel and they had an agent and manager and a, cr- a person who books cruise ships too and what they were all saying was a few years ago pre-pandemic that was the case where if a comic had like a hundred thousand followers they're like okay well let's give him a shot book him right Uh because he's got a following right yeah but what they're seeing now is that that doesn't translate necessarily to 
to like it's not that you have people that follow you but it's like how much are they engaging in your content right and those are two different groups of people and, and engaging on stage too on stage right dude because like shows. i've seen dudes who were who made a killing off social media like millions and millions of followers and then when i went to go see him stand up you could tell he was a Reading a script. Yeah. He was just memorized the script and went up there for about half hour. Had writers. Fucking, yeah. Had writers. Because there's no soul to it. You know what I mean? There's there's 100%. presence, right? But there's yeah. no, you don't, it's not authentic. It's rote. Right. Yeah. It's rote. And yeah. we've seen, bro, we've seen this at open mics where someone's like, hey, I'm just going to run material because I have a set later. And we're cool with it, but you see the machine turn on and go through the movements or whatever they have to. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and then the thought, thank you, that's been my time. And it's like, oh, that whole thing was, was a, now we know it's always an act. We we know behind the camera, you know, behind this the the curtain. We kind of know what happens. We know mm. like you repeat jokes often, and right? We get the game, but it's like, I think the the thing that's annoying there, and maybe you disagree, but the thing that's annoying there is, you know, that person from YouTube and is charismatic and he has got personality. When you go see him live, it loses that. Yeah, it loses. 100%. It loses that, and so. I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit of a smokescreen, you know, like a used car salesman type of gimmick mm. of like, oh, you're going to have fun with this one. And then it's like, oh, it's a fucking shitty car. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, I don't know if that makes sense. But no, no, it 100% makes sense. <clears throat> and you said that there, a lot of bookers now aren't looking towards that. They're not relying on that. A lot of, I mean, that's what Which they makes said. sense. That's it, what they said. It makes sense because, yeah. I mean, like you said, when 2017, it, it did make sense, but, or did translate, but like, as time went on, you pro- they probably saw that these people were just smoking mirrors. I think it was stage. an assumption that was... I don't even think in 2017 it was happening. I think it was an assumption that mm. if you have a lot of social media following, it's gonna. It's like an assumption, right? Oh, he's a popular person. If I book him, he's going to come. He's got more followers than, you know, ex-famous comic. And so if we book him, obviously he's going to fill seats, right? Mm-hmm. But... This is where marketing and social media get a little bit more complicated. And I do have a degree in mathematics, so I can talk about this properly. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not just talking out of my ass when I talk about stuff like this. Right. But, like, in that category of people, say you have 100,000 people, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so if they're just consuming online content, what you don't know is but how many of them are actual co- fans of stand-up comedy mm. who are local, I see. who are even going to engage in going I to see, see live stand-up. Like, and people are like, no, that doesn't exist. It's like, no, it does. Because I, up until 35, never went to see stand-up comedy live. Right, right. I watched it on TV mm-hmm. exclusively. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. never went to a comedy club and went to like the store. Like, I didn't do that. Right. Right. And so, but I was, but I would consider myself a fan of comedy mm-hmm. and I'd follow comedians. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's one of those things of like, it's, it's these faulty assumptions and people make them and, you know, now they're seeing that, oh, maybe that's not true. Maybe it, it, that's not the case. Um, so I don't know where it's going next, but I do know they had some really good advice was like, you know, um, for, for AGT, for example, they're like, you know, you have to be sellable to middle America too. We do comedy. When me and you do stand up, we do it for that room. Right. We yeah, do it for we do it the way we, we want to do it. And we're not thinking like, oh, how would someone It's so true. From like Utah like this. Yeah, uh, you know? So, so it's just it's just you gotta start not you gotta, but if that's if a career and you wanna go to that angle, it's like okay. Like, I'm not trying to be outcome dependent, but it's also like a compass, right? Like, what in my writing should I incorporate? 
to start getting a wider audience base, right? Because a lot of the stuff we say is considered dark. Is considered. I'm not that. Not that it's bad. It's just compared to like a a clean comic. Right. Exactly. You know. I don't know what else. See, I don't even know Middle America that well. But like, you know, it's another state, like uh, Oregon or something. Uh Or you know, I, I think Utah, Texas, Arizona, like those. Some of those states. Tennessee and all those. It's like if you take a clean comic from there, right, and you compare what we talk about, it's like, oh my God, like what the hell are these comics saying? <laughs> you want to do what with a blimp? <laughs> my God, man. So it's, it's I don't know. Uh, it's, it's evolving and it's evolving faster and faster. Right, and, yeah. I mean, if there was one lesson takeaway from my failure in music, though, it's, it's to to really build your network of your professional network of people, Hmm. you know, it's like, what's ironic is in in at least DJ in the DJ scene, it's, it wasn't like, Oh, how good of a DJ you are. You're either a massive, uh, known DJ or you're friends with people who would throw events and they would book you Mm kind of like comedy. You're either so big that you have an audience that will come to see you. Right. Or, you are smaller time, but you're friends with the bookers or people that throw events. So there's there's a there's a close parallel there there that I I see a lot of comics mess that up from the get go. Like I've seen just comics just not be social with each other or like mm, they yeah. they act like it's a competition and you know I think that's one of the most hurtful things that'll really just slow your career down for like de- like a decade or two. If every if people don't like you. I mean, and I mean comics. I don't mean like, you know, your com. Yeah, not your comedy, but just if other comics don't like you. Because there's people on stage where you go, okay, that was abrasive. But you talk to them after and you realize, okay, that was their Mm, art. I see. And it doesn't necessarily represent who they are. And they're really, you're cordial with each other. Right, yeah. And you see them develop and you're friends. You're not friends, but you've built a relationship. Mm -hmm. And um, that's one thing I wish I'd done in music. And I think I would have had more opportunities exiting um, than I did. And that's one thing I think, you know, in terms of failure, it's like, yeah, man, build those relationships. It's, we're at an open mic. No one's making it here yet. You know, if you're at an open mic um, working things out, that means you're, I'm closer to you than you are to Bilber. Mm. Right. And Mm. I think that's a big, that's a very big, it's a comforting feeling to me because it's like, okay, like really none of us have made it. Let's yeah, not joke yeah, around. 100%. You know, but it's also like, yeah, but I want you to make it. I don't, I don't mm. like your material. Like I never look at your material and go, oh my God, another, <laughs> you know, person from a minority group doing jokes. <laughs> Fuck. You know, what am I going to talk about now? Shit. Fire festival. Fire festival too. Filipino fire festival. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like, it's like, no, you're doing your own thing. I mean, even, you know, we have Chris Rubio's at the mic mm-hmm. and he's got a different take on everything. Mm-hmm. It's never, it's rarely... Mm as people like to make it in their own heads of like, oh, this guy's going to take my spot kind of thing. It's, yeah, it's not. Yeah, no. No, it's it's never. I think you hurt right. yourself, dude, thinking that way. I think so, too. It's it's an awful way to approach things and just live life. 100%. Right? Like 100%. Looking at everyone as a competition. Yeah, my, especially in this. Oh, especially in this. It's hard enough already. Yeah, dude. It's tough to do And you're this. putting yourself out there every fucking time you grab every a mic. Every time. Every time. And... Dude, I agree with you, man. And it's 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 doesn't make sense to me. But then you have comics that like, you know, there's common courtesy things that mm-hmm. I feel like some comics just lack mm. when they do feel that competitiveness. 
they flip open their phone or they, they, they don't want to be present listening or, or paying attention to you. Um, and that would be fine if when they went up, you didn't have to extend that courtesy. Yeah, yeah. But now you see that that's a, that, that tit for tat, where does that go? It, that's never somewhere good. Right. You didn't listen to me. I had to listen to you. Yeah. You know, I'm creates resentment, resentment. And now it's like, Oh, open mics are a shitty place. No, they're not. Yeah. No, they're not. I have, I have a lot of fun at open mics. Same here, dude. You know, like, especially the ones we do, mm-hmm. like they're so good, but I did an open mic today. That was like, oof, <laughs> buddy, like, buddy. Why, oh my God. I know, I know there's, there's mobsters. I would have rather have hung out with, <laughs> You know, than to that group of people. It was just was so painful. <laughs> and it comes from resentment and it comes from, from that angle. But, you know, comics are a sensitive bunch. And, like, we're, I think we tune into those things. I bet, like, if, it, if anyone else was in that room, they'd be like, oh, it's fine. No one's really. Mm-hmm. I think us as comics, like, we, we tune more into, like, the emotional empathy. We feel it and we don't want to mm-hmm. type of thing. But, no, I think we can all. I think there's room for everyone. I yeah. do. I do. Absolutely. I really do, but it's it's just unfortunate when you don't see people like networking, and I, I think that was the biggest failure, because I felt that way when I was doing music. I was jealous. I was yeah. There dude. was other musicians doing an ego. ego. Ego gets in the fucking oh way, God. dude. You nailed it, dude. Ego. It's and, so deadly. Yeah. It's so deadly, and yeah. you mistake it for like confidence, and mistake it for like ambition and pride, right? Never it's is. never that. It's never that. It's always it's always a, the way I describe ego is not like. It's not like the the psychological definition of the term, and it's not definitely not like how the philosophers talked about ego. Like the way I look at ego is is it's a set of behaviors and thought processes that are trying to protect yourself, hmm. your fragile self, hmm. right? So it's like, oh, if fucking what do they know? Like, okay, let's say you do a joke and it bombs, right? Uh-huh. You can go, okay, well, what can I learn from? What's the feedback yeah, that I got? How can right. I make this joke better? Mm-hmm. And you're detached emotionally from that, right? It's the joke and it's you. Mm-hmm. But there's some people that go, fuck them. They're not even a good audience. What do they know? They don't know anything about anything. Yeah. You guys suck. Right. This is a good joke. Well, who's that? what is that really saying? Your joke is not divorced from you as the individual. And the value judgment on your joke is now a value judgment on you. Uh-huh. Because you're defensive now. And you're right. fighting against something that's non-existent. Right. Yeah, dude. Right? And it's like, how can... And dude, look at some of the comics who have been in this industry for a long time. Uh-huh. You'll meet them. And just talk to him when you talk to him. Like, oh, how long have you been doing comedy? Oh, 15 years, 11 years, 20 years. And you're doing the same thing that they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. And then you'll quickly get the sense of, like, yeah, but I'm, you know, like an open mic isn't this kind of place. And you go, oh, you don't have a well developed sense of awareness. Shit. You have such a thick ego and the way i defined it right you have such a defense mechanism to pain and to rejection that like it's it's hindered your growth right right Right, and that's that's that side of the spectrum and not like the spectrum but a spectrum of uh, of ego egotistical people it's it's a sad thing because in this it's like i i want ego death i want the the less of me is attached to the joke, the better. Like mm. I can, if I can like be d- divorced from that, the better. And I could rewrite it and it's, it's nothing. But dude, even me, like I feel like when my friend, my peers get booked and I don't get booked and this is how ego will creep in. He goes, you suck. Yeah. That's why they're getting booked. You're not yeah, good. Dude. You're not good, dude. Oh, is that painful? Does that hurt? Well, you better let me back in. 
You know, let me. Let me it's a dude. It's a scary motherfucker, dude. That yeah. shit. That ego will fuck you up, man. I feel and like I did jujitsu when I was younger. I ego for sure was an effect why it, like I stopped that and got ahead like out of my own head. And then I thought it was with film and like with this one. I hope it doesn't turn into that because it's it's a strange thing where the more experience you become with it, the more your ego grows in a sense. It does because right? and you know, so I, I ask people this and I'm like, why does that happen? Why mm-hmm. why why with stand up do I even care? Like I, I can be like to, like I could put this down tomorrow and I have a career in law yeah. and I can just be a lawyer and right. I have a wife yeah. and no pain in this element, in this area of my life, right? Why why then why do I care so much? More than anything else in my life mm-hmm. in terms of like the, the rejection pain. And honestly, what it comes down to, dude, is it's, it's, it becomes a part of your identity, right? When you're good at jujitsu, right? Mm-hmm. When you're like five years, 10 years in, buddy, that's not a hobby anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's a part of you. That's a part of your identity. I'm a person who does jujitsu. You know, it's not, I don't do this on the, as a hobby. Right. You know, comedy to me. When people say, and here's here's how I know when someone goes, oh, is this a cool hobby you have? I'll smile and I'll say, yeah, but in deep inside, I'm like, this is not a fucking hobby. Yeah, right, yeah. You know, like I will, I write daily. That's already difficult mm-hmm. to just, just, yeah, just to write out five of a day. nowhere. Five a day. Out of nowhere. Come up with five random things to make people laugh every day out of nowhere, repeatedly. And then go say them on stage in front <laughs> yeah, of people. Yeah, dude. Daily, yeah, dude. It's and look, I'm not trying to blow this up to make it seem like it's cooler or bigger than it is, but that's. I mean, people that do hobbies, maybe once a month they'll they'll write and go do like a comedy thing. But true, that's so true, dude. But but sorry, the point of that was all that all that is to say is when it becomes a part of your identity. I am a comedian versus I'm an open mic mm. versus, you know, I'm trying comedy or no no no, I'm a newbie. All those labels define how much ego you attach to because that's the level of importance you've attached to it. So now there's vulnerability at the loss of oh, not being shit. good. So the longer you're doing it, the longer you're, the, the more intertwined it is with your identity. Holy shit. The more pain is associated when you're not good because it's like the joke. It's like the guy who has his ego attached to the joke, right? If the joke fails, then I'm a failure. Right. So yeah. I can't be a failure because I've been doing this way too long and it's too important. Right. Therefore, the audience sucks. That's the only rational thought that doesn't hurt for people like that. Right. That's crazy, dude. I feel like that sounded deeper than it actually. No, dude, that's <laughs> fucking that's wild, bro. That's just I mean, do you feel like there's any truth to that? Like if you've been a cop for if you're a rookie cop versus you're a veteran cop, right? I mean, I feel like your identity as a cop is a little bit more intertwined. So, you know, I feel like you'd f- you'd have more feelings of rejection if like you were to get fired for something. Yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. Maybe that's not a good enough. Well, no, I just I just think it's just just life, dude. Like think of it as a kid to growing up as an adult, right? Like you're very naive, you're very curious about life as a kid, and when you grow up, you become fucking hardened by everything, dude. Right? Like yeah. certain things about life don't even excite you anymore, like they oh, did absolutely. when you were a kid. Absolutely. So I think that's just a part of it, and maybe it's just because we get bored of shit. I think we find what's important and what's not. Like, mm. like for you know, just to hammer the point home a little bit further, like. Like if I made fun of that, st- or if you made fun of that stool, I mean it's off camera, mm-hmm. but if you made fun of, or if you made fun of this stool, mm-hmm. right? I don't make fun of it. Pee on it, shit on it. Yeah. I, d- I really don't care, because that that stool doesn't isn't important to me. It's just a thing, mm-hmm. right? Now, think about 
how people treat rejection in other contexts. Like, what if what if I read a script? Mm. Not that I ever would say this, but if I read the script and I had heart, hurtful things to say mm-hmm. about it, inside that's going to register a lot more pain of rejection mm-hmm. than say if I made fun of I don't know like that that tripod. Right. Yeah. True. Right. And and, and again, I think it's that. And then again, that's a really dumb example for a reason, is because I think the closer it becomes to your identity, the the more pain psychic pain obviously right. like like mental pain do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing that we have that connection i think it's i mean i don't know i don't want to make it like a like a like a sub like a judgment call but mm. it's like i think it's it's a driver it's like gas right it's like the more important something is mm. it's like gas in the fuel tank because it's like you have to almost find it important for you to wake up and do it right like i mean like if i right. if i told you hey get up and walk around your block once a day like oh my f- God, no. Yeah. Right? But if th- you found something important there, maybe now it's important. Now it's easier to do. The motivating factor, I feel like it's good. Um, you know, I did I did the uh, one of the, the the open mics at the clubs. I don't want to say it, but like you know which one, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when you mm-hmm. go to the club and there's like an open mic where it's like kind of like a semi audition or Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what yeah. I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Mm-hmm. And I was sandwiched between like a, a really good touring comic and uh, another touring comic. Damn. And I feel like I held my... I mean, you know, my friends who were there, like, you held your own. You didn't crush as hard as the, the first guy, but you didn't bomb worse than the second guy. <laughs> yeah. And so... But it still put fire under my ass, right? Because I didn't know they were Oh, wow. Comics. Okay. You think if you did, it would have played out a little bit differently? No. No, because it was like a motivating factor. It wasn't a sense of rejection to me. It was a sense of like you're close. Work a little bit harder. Mm, I see. Right? Like that's when I talked I to my see, that's dude, when I joined yeah. the the writers the fi- the 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 five jokes by mm-hmm. 5 p.m. thing. That's the reason why. Because I'm like I'm oh it's getting closer. Like oh my god, this is getting closer. Like yeah, like I didn't murder. Yeah, so right. For 4 years in. So what? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? For like people are like, oh, five, six, ten years in, now you're beginning to maybe understand yeah, comedy. Yeah, dude. Right. So four years in to be able to hold your own for me it was like, oh, dude. Whatever that feedback is, forget about what it means in terms of outcome, but it's like it's like a it's like a a data point, right? To yeah. show you that you're heading in the right direction. It's like a compass, like you were saying. Exactly. Just, yeah. It's like just. It's pointing in the right direction. So keep doing, double down on what you're right. doing. So instead of doing two mics a day, do two mics a day and write five jokes a day, right? Try four mics a day. How often? Uh, how many mics do you average? Um, when I started, it was three to five. Okay. And now it's gone down to maybe like one to two a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll do mics on the weekends, which I calculate that like. If I do like a 15 minute mic, that's three mm, mics. Okay, I see. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just calculate it that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I just. For me, there's just no, there's no like, uh, the word? How do how do how to phrase this? There's no like uh, substitute for the grind, mm-hmm. and I love I kind of love that because it's like either you're good or you're not, right? And that's great. Either one is great. Mm-hmm. If I go do a show and I'm not good, that's that's information. Yeah. Now I yeah, can take exactly. what I've learned from that and I can apply it and try to get from not good to good. But it's information. Right. 
right? And I think the people that have a difficult time is when they get that kind of feedback. Like, let's say you send out 10 scripts, mm -hmm. for example, and one of them came back with notes. Mm -hmm. Someone read your script, thought about it. Now, you can look at that two ways, right? You can look at it like, oh, God, none of this is working. Yeah. Shit. Zero for 10? Yeah. Fuck. The other way to look at it is one out of the 10, someone took the time to read through, put notes in, give you feedback, give you their thoughts. They wouldn't have done that if they didn't see something. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. And now you go, oh, add that one out of 10? What was special about that? Right. Let me dig into that. What was about that script that stood out from the rest of the 10? And it, 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 was, it was impactful enough that this individual decided to give me notes mm -hmm. to help improve whatever I'm doing. And those, I think, breaks down into like the two types of people that I've bumped into, not just in like stand-up, but in life. Mm -hmm. There's the people that need that instant gratification of like, mm -hmm. see, yeah. I knew I was a genius. <laughs> I knew I, you know what? You should pat me on the back now because I'm, I made it already. Fire Festival. <laughs> Fire Festival 2, bro. Number two? Number two. I'm a fucking There's genius, There's a documentary dude. about how bad the first one was. Number two? They missed it. They, yeah. <laughs> For everyone who didn't see the documentary, come to Firefest 2. <laughs> oh, this time, wait until... We, it's like a horror movie. It's like, wait till we, we, we find out what we have in store for you. <laughs> Jesus. A lot of COVID. <laughs> when you open your Corona, it's filled with COVID. Ah, surprise. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. Bienvenidos. To, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Firefest, you know? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but even that guy, like, can you believe that? I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy. That's like, <laughs> I did not want to be that See, guy. that's someone without, like, self, like... But uh, then again, maybe I do. Maybe there's a part of me that I do want to be that guy and just fool everyone again. That's like, but that's the... You know what it is? Here's the thing, and I think like, if I clarify this, you'll agree with this. That's the kind of guy that, like, bond. <laughs> like, bombed a show with a set of material, right? There's just not even a good moment in their set. And I've seen this. <laughs> and then you see them the next day, the exact same set that just <laughs> bombed. Same, with the same. Well, that's it for me, folks. The same. You didn't change a word. You didn't change. You kept everything the same and just like redid it. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that's how it was for me. Like the first month of fucking no, stand up, I, dude. No, because I just no. didn't know. I didn't know how to fucking. No, that's that's not what I mean. I'm talking about like someone experienced and fucking. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you should have like okay. If I tell you how my first month was in stand up, you're gonna laugh. I would go up Drew Drew Daly, which you don't seem to remember. Yeah, true. I don't know who says like no one ever remembers him. Ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, No, so me and Drew Daly started at the same time, uh, same class, by the way, same comedy class. That's where I met him. Mm -hmm. And like he was always like he was always really like strong speaker. He would his, he would do bits kind of already in a, in, uh, in a modern st uh, stand up structure. He's a really good writer. He mm -hmm. still is. Mm -hmm. He's one of my favorite people and favorite people to watch because he's just a good writer. And for me though, I I've, I've never been in that situation to speak publicly. Mm. So my first month in comedy was taking a paper of jokes. I wrote and my hand would just shake. Yeah. And I would do like <laughs> two minutes. I would say, oh, you know, a hand job at 16 is exciting. <laughs> a hand job at 38 is uh, passive aggressive. All right. Thank you guys. Two minutes, three minutes. And I would, I would dip. Damn dude. Until I pushed myself. That's the first Damn. one. And then I was able to push myself to stay up there for all five minutes. 
and just mm. be like, I know, I know guys, I know, but I'm, I'm going to try to stay. I'm going to just try to stay and talk. And I did. And then seventh months later, I got my first laugh. Damn. Like the right kind of laugh. Right. Because you know the laugh like, yeah, Jesus or, Christ, yeah. kill yourself. <laughs> you know that kind of laugh where people are like, just we fucking believe this guy? This is what comedy needs? Get a load of this guy. Get a load of, yeah, get, get a load of this jerk. <laughs> wasting everyone's time with his nonsense. But seven months later, I got. I, I feel like I feel. I feel like I got the kind of laugh that I was looking to get, mm-hmm. and it felt good. And I was like, "Oh, okay." Like, there's growth. Again, mm-hmm. there's yeah. markers, right? Right, right. But like, what I didn't do was go up there with an ego going, "Bro, I'm gonna be like Dave Chappelle." Right. right yeah. Now. Exactly. Yeah. Watch me sit on this chair, tap the yeah mic on my foot, bro. <laughs> I didn't do that, and I, and I never think my my writing is good, and I never think that it's anything special. I let the response out of many many mics and performances tell me hmm. there's something there that's unique, special, and funny, or not. But I don't try to make that call. Right. I just try to write it the best way that makes me giggle, that right. makes me yeah. laugh, that you know that, that that brings that to me. But dude, that's I mean, that's the problem with comedy. It's like. You know, if you bring that's that's a version of you, even if it's not you up there, it's like, okay, but that joke was from a place of humor from mm-hmm, within yeah. me. And that you guys aren't sharing that sense of humor with it, I feel rejection. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. It's like that's even when you're not doing you, it's it's painful. Yeah, absolutely. It's always painful. How long were you doing stand up till you got your first show? Uh I was doing it for three months and then I got a show. Mm-hmm. And then, um, then I started just getting shows like once a month, but it was like, you know, it's the wrong kind of show. It's the, Hey, bring five people. Uh, I see the bring bring your shows. And I didn't know about that back then. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I was just like, okay, like, you know, after two shows, no friends, cause they're not, they're not friends. They're not, they're not, they're friends of yours, but they're not friends of, they're not like stand up fans. I hear the same same about bringer shows all the time. Yeah. If that's been the one consistent thing about stand up, it's the bringer show. Yeah. Like the opinion about bringer hey, shows. My my opinion is you can make anyone laugh, you can make anyone laugh. It's mm-hmm. a little bit harder. It's like an open mic felt to the brim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, because they're not there for comedy, they're right. there for their friend. Exactly. Uh, which is not the same thing as being a, a stand up fan. Right. And so uh. they're like, fuck, I gotta listen to this stuff. <laughs> yeah. I just pay like eighty bucks. Yeah, for yeah. Exactly. Words. Exactly. So it's it's a little bit of a hustle. There's there's positives to it, but no, and then uh, then show, then real shows start. Like, hey, you don't have to worry about bringing people. Mm-hmm. Just come to our show. Come do a set. That's dope. Yeah, but that was all through networking and like right. making oh, friends see. and you know just kind of being fun at mics and just like never never taking it personally. Yeah, you know, being an easy person to be around helps too. Mm. And obviously, and you just had a show. How how was preparing for your first show compared to the show you just had? How was that different? It was a lot more. Let me get the first show. Was like, oh god, I hope I'm intelligible, right? Whereas the last show is, oh, I really don't want to miss this one. You know, I really don't want to miss this tag. Mm, yeah. Like you start, I start obsessing over, oh, I really want to see if this tag hits because I just worked this piece of this bit out, you know? Because I think of like jokes as like a tree, you know? It's like a, not a complicated tree, but like not a complex tree, but it's a tree. And so like, oh, I just, I just added this branch. Oh, I want to mm. see if this branch is, is, is worth keeping on the tree or not. And if you forget it, it's almost like oh, you have to wait till the next show. Yeah, to dude. Run it. Yeah, dude. So it's just it's remembering those branches, remembering the little tags and, and stuff like that. Because, I mean, that's where I'm at. Where it's like, all right, I need to know if this is going to build into a five minute, ten minute set, 
or if maybe this joke is just better as a one-liner or like a throwaway segue joke to to another joke so i guess to answer the question i think the way things have changed is oh my god i need to remember my entire material like my whole yeah that's where i'm set. at right now i got it for my first show this friday oh nice where, where at fourth wall fourth wall yeah, dude yeah. they're so fun yeah that, no the fourth wall shows are incredibly okay, fun cool. and that was where uh, i had i you know i'm so lucky joe puts me up mm-hmm. uh, as much as he does and, and um the last one i did was uh last weekend mm-hmm. incredibly fun that's incredibly awesome. fun yeah and you know what i'll say is if, if it's gonna be your first show have your material mm-hmm. and have fun right yeah right like you've been working your ass off at the mics you see what works and what does dude i've seen oh, yeah. you grow bro you the, were there at my first improv mic where yeah. i related weed with black culture yeah you remember that? yeah <laughs> yeah and so you were there that was literally my fr- one of my first mics in la and i remember the last mic mean you did you killed it like you crushed oh, thank it you did thank you no no you did and it was like but but you see that growth mm-hmm. and that comfort and then you get to a place you're like okay i know why this is getting laughs and right, right. that doesn't align with my sense of humor or it does whichever mm-hmm. but you start finding those those tweaks I don't know if you are there or not, but that was a big thing for me. But the whole point of this is, you know, a show is one but of many, 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 many shows. Mm. A mic is but of one of many, many, Mm. many, many, many things, right? So have fun. Fucking, you know, if you fail, whatever whatever your definition of failure is, Uh fuck yeah. Good. Good. I got it out of the way. Right. That's as bad as it's going to be. Oh, that's it? Yeah. Five minutes of that. You know, mm-hmm. ah, fuck it. I can deal with that. Mm-hmm. So, and if you crush, here's the ironic thing. What did you actually learn? If you crush, nothing. Does nothing. it mean your jokes are killer? Does it mean they're going to work everywhere else you take it? Does it mean you're a killer comic? Does it mean anything other than, shit, okay, well, I got that right. Yeah. But I can't really understand why I got that right. Yeah. You know, but what it does mean is, I think the one thing is that you said stuff and they laughed. Mm -hmm. And that's a check mark in my book. Mm -hmm. It's a good thing. But it's also like, but when I fail, I learn the most. Right. 100%. And you're going to have fun, dude. It's a great show. Joe puts these shows together. They're really awesome. Mm -hmm. I mean, he does a fantastic job. Yeah, I've been a couple of them. He does great. He does amazing. He does great stuff. You're going to have fun, dude. It's, It's good. Cool, but but just seeing you grow from where you've come, I mean, it's like, is there anything that you're struggling with now on stage, or is like dealing with? Uh, I just fucking the um, seeing all like you and like Timon and all the experienced comedians. It's crazy how much new material you guys are just bringing to these open mics. Where I just feel like I'm working on the same fucking five jokes throughout the whole week. So it's like I don't know. It, I, I, I obviously it's an experience thing, but it's just wild how much you guys just pump out, dude. And like to, it's cool to see how from one open mic to the very next, you're adding those things from the previous. The yeah, dude, it's it's so it's it's such an interesting thing to see everyone's process and the fact that I'm doing this podcast, I get to see it easier. Yeah. As opposed to being naive and not knowing anything, right? Like I'm talking to all these comedians and dude, they're just giving me these nuggets. Dude, that's a really cool. That's a really cool kind of thing that you've observed. But that's a thing you've observed, which is really good. And I think what you would have seen have you if we'd started together. Is you would have seen me running the same material for six, seven months. Okay, so I'm not, not alone. No, okay, no, okay. No. Because what what I was learning for those six, seven months is my stage presence. Right, right. Like and who you are. Who too. you yeah. are. So think about it. Stand up comedy is 
comedy writing mm-hmm. is delivery method. Mm-hmm. Stage persona, which I don't think is the same as delivery method, okay. is your comfort on stage mm-hmm. um, and your performative nature. Like, 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 you know, it's like how me and you are talking right now. Uh-huh. If I took you away and I put a, like an audience here, uh-huh. would I have more or less the same facial expressions? Would I be mm. delivering it the same way? Mm. So it's this performative thing also, right? So it's like how I say my jokes, which like you could be a one-liner comic, mm-hmm. you can be an act-outy comic. Right. That's I, I say that's the delivery method, right? I forget what the second thing was. It's are you making eye contact? Are you right, a confident yeah. comic? Are you are you like darting around your eyes? You know, you can be that comic. You mm-hmm. can be the nervous, neurotic right. comic. You know, but it's like, and then there's a performative thing of like technical stuff, like standing up straight. You know, like I noticed I was slouching, right? Walking. Are you moving on stage? Are you, Mm, are you like just, I've watched myself on video, dude. And I think I'm going like this and like make these big gestures. Can you believe? And I look at him. I'm like, "Uh, (laughs) can you believe it, guys? Uh, uh." I'm in this tiny little box and I go, oh, that is not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, dude. Um, Agreed. Yeah. Do we, are we running out of time? Yeah, we we're at an hour, dude. This is where I usually oh, cap it, dude. Let me know. Let me know what to do. Well, what fuck, do you dude. S- I had a fucking amazing time. Thank you so much for dude, this, Mel. Let's absolutely, man. Tell and the people where they can find you. Yeah, go to Fire Festival <laughs> 2. Right here. The link's going to be right here. Or here. I don't... I don't Here? I don't know. But go! It, <laughs> but it's not here. But it's not here, here. And you guys are going to have a really good time. And it may not be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might get to the Fire Festival 2, and there just might not be a Fire Festival at all, you know? So, uh, yeah, just Mo underscore, M-O-U underscore comedy. And that's it. That's it. That's and Fire it. Festival. We'll, and we'll, Fire I'm Festival. I'm going to tag him <laughs> Sponsored by COVID. <laughs> so, Thank you, Mo. I appreciate this, absolutely. brother. Thanks, man. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye. <laughs>